and welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy, and today we're going to be talking about The Rage, Cali 2. <laughs> I would have called it Cali 2, The Rage, but hey-ho. <laughs> um, it was released in the US on the 12th of May 1999, and in the UK on the 19th of November 1999. It was written by Raphael Moreau, whose only other film credit is Hackers. That's so weird. It is weird. Hackers and this. Um, and it was directed by Kat Shea. Uh, it stars Emily Bergel. Is that how you say her name? Yeah. Jason London, Dylan Bruno, and Amy Irving. And other people that you recognise from movies from the, that era. Rachel Blanchard, <laughs> Zachary Tybalt, yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Jimmy and I have thought of three problems this movie has, and we'll discuss them. And we also have one positive. So, uh, what do you have any history with this movie? Um, I watched it when it first came out. I mean, I love the original. Mm-hmm. The original um, is one of my favourite horror movies. And it's also, um, it was released in the same year as I was released into the world. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in 76 and Carrie was um, released in 76. So, I don't know, that and The Omen were both released in 76. So I kind of have a fondness for those two for some obscure reason. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I like the original. So when this came out, I was like, Yay, a sequel. I didn't think, oh, a belated sequel. I thought, yay, a sequel. <laughs> I'll watch this. Just because it's been, what, 20, 23 years, it's, you know, it'll be good. I remember not liking it at the time. Mm-hmm. Not, I was not with the movie until the last scene, the last act. So, you know, the good stuff. So we'll get, I'll get into that. Um, but, you know, it's not one of those horror movies that I'll put on Halloween to watch again, you know? Yeah. Um, I just bought the Blu-ray so I could just record this commentary, this commentary, this um, podcast. But, you know. Uh, so what's your history with it? Um, well, first of all, I, and I think you saw this on Facebook, I had posted um, seven years ago that it was the um, 40th anniversary of the release of the book. Now I yeah. just uh, looked it up and it turns out April 5th is. So, mm. but the day we're recording it, it's whatever, it's a day off. But so now the book, today's sort of the uh, 47th anniversary, uh, which is insane. Of, of the book. <laughs> of the book. That is insane. Yeah. So, like, it's just weird to me that I, you know, I sat down to watch it this day, this day, today, mm-hmm. and we're recording yeah. it. But like, I didn't realize it was an anniversary. This will be released on the fact. So yeah, so it is. Yeah, it is there you go. <laughs> and everyone knows the forty seventh anniversary is the big one. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we yeah, did this I, in purpose, folks. <laughs> I was obsessed with the book. Um, mm-hmm. My first Stephen King was in the seventh grade. I read Dolores Claiborne. And, All right. Um, so I started. I started. You know, reading. A, like I think I moved on to some short stories after that. And my dad had recommended Carrie to me at one point. So in eighth grade, I read Carrie and saw the movie, and I loved both. Um, it's one of my favorite books. I've read it many, many times over the years. Um, and w- so when this came out, I was pumped. I saw it probably opening weekend in the theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, that's okay. Um, I mean, I liked it enough that I have it on DVD. Yeah. But I also probably bought it pretty early on in my DVD collection. So I maybe got it cheap and it had a commentary and I only bought things with special features back in the day. So I'm not yeah. sure. I, I honestly don't remember how much I liked it at the time. I have not seen it in a, maybe since the early 2000s. Mm. 
So I didn't, the main things I remembered from it were Mina Safari jumping off the roof. Yeah. And, um, Rachel Blanchard's glasses exploding. Yeah, I remember, I remember that part. I remember the glasses and then, yeah, and then her, um, putting a harpoon and the home improvement kids, um, groin. (laughs) I remember that. Which is great because he, he, he has, um, been arrested for domestic abuse. Well, has he? So that, yeah, so that moment was really enjoyable for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, well. I, it had been so long since I'd seen it, I completely forgot Jason London was in it. Yeah. Like, that's... I didn't remember anything. Um, right. I only remembered Amy Irving, Amy Irving, Rachel Burgle, Mina Savari, and um, Rachel Blanchard. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was. Mm-hmm. I actually really liked this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I am surprised. And I've gone down the rabbit hole about it. But I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So you got the Blu-ray. Did you watch the commentaries? I started listening to the one with Kat Shea and the DP, and there was there was gaps. It's like there was no talking, but there was also no sound because when they were oh. talking, you could also hear the movie. Mm-hmm. So, but then it was like muted. So I don't know if they were cutting like stuff out that they weren't supposed to be saying. I don't know. So I went on and I started listening to Kat Shea's solo commentary. Her, the original one that mm-hmm. um, she did for the DVD release. Um, and it was basically just, she was saying exactly the same things as she was saying in the <laughs> other one. So I've heard that before. I've listened to like com- commentaries or interviews with people with years in between. Mm-hmm. And it's just, they're just saying the same things. Yeah. I have some problems written down, but some of it depends on, I've been trying to find, I was hoping maybe you would have heard something about the curse. The curse, right? The cur- the curse is the original script for this, and then right. I guess producers were like, "Wait, this script is a lot like Carrie." Yeah, she doesn't mention that. She doesn't so, mention. Well, she came on it. like two weeks into filming. Like, she the, did. The, the so I don't even know how much she would even know about the original script. But I just I'm really curious. How- I'm really curious how close this is to the original script before they decided to make it a Carrie sequel. Well, she st- she added stuff in as well. She she added Carrie stuff in, oh, like okay. the flashbacks and stuff. Because Sissy Spacek didn't want um, her likeness to be in this movie. Yeah. Um, because apparently she wasn't a fan of her performance in the original movie. No, it, that's always made me so sad. I know. She hated it. I know, but she's great. Um, so Kat Shea showed her the movie with the flashbacks in it, the, the mm-hmm. clips from the old movie, um, and she liked it, so she agreed to make a deal with MGM after that, which is great, because that means Sissy Spacek got paid for this movie, so that's good. Yeah, and of course Amy Irving is there, and I'm I'm a, I'm a Sue Snell fan. She's a character that you hope there's more people in real life like her, mm-hmm. because in Carrie, it's like... You know, these, these girls are so awful to carry. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the big thing is like at the beginning, you know, she doesn't know what her period is and she's scared. Of, she thinks she's bleeding to death. Mm-hmm. And these girls throw tampons at her. It's awful. It's traumatizing. But Sue, over the course of the movie, while the other girls are like doubling down on how much they hate Carrie, she's like really realizing, Oh, Carrie's like, a nice person who doesn't deserve this. And I am awful for what I have done. Yeah. And she has very good intentions. And I, I always just really, really liked that character. Mm-hmm. And the thing I really, one thing I really liked about this movie in the fact that they did make it a sequel is that it makes sense that she would become 
a school guidance counselor. It does, yeah. And I thought that was, like, for all the flaws with the connections to the movies, Mm -hmm. I really liked that. No, that's (laughs) good. That's good. Um, What's your first problem, then? Okay. um, Boys. Boys are gross. Mm -hmm. In the movie and outside of the movie. No (laughs) offense. I know you were once a boy. I was Uh, once a boy. You were once a a teenage boy. Yeah. Do you know what this movie is based on? Uh, No. So this movie was written to be based on um, a group of football players from a high school in Lakewood, California in mm-hmm. 1993. They called themselves the Spur Posse. No. Because um, I guess their favorite team was the Spurs. It's really stupid. Like, Leonardo DiCaprio and his friends, them calling themselves the Pussy Posse. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's on the nose, but it's much better than the Spur Posse. Anyway, <laughs> these these guys, and they, like, it was like 30 guys, and a bunch of them did get arrested, but I don't think anyone did any time. Most of the charge, all but one charge was dropped. Um, they would have sex with girls in their high school, and mm-hmm. they would rate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them claimed to have had sex with as many as 60 girls. Um, and I say have sex, but it sounds like it was probably mostly rape. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard to know much about those girls because I look I've I've spent a lot of my morning angry because mm-hmm. I've read a lot of articles that were written in the mid nineties about them and you can tell they were written in the mid nineties they would not be written like this now because it is very victim blamey this is that I mean the tone of the articles is basically like. Uh, these girls wanted it. They were promiscuous. They were slutty. No. Like, boys will be boys. What are they supposed to do? Um, and one of the girls was as young as 10. But they claim she said she was 15. So what are you going to do? Right. And so, so anyway, this movie, these guys in this movie are based on these real teen boys. Wait, um, wait a minute. Back up. How? I don't know many 10-year-olds that look 15. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of those things where, okay, either one, they are telling the truth. Maybe she lied. I do not believe they would believe a 10-year-old was 15. No. No, I, I can't imagine. Um, or most likely they're probably lying. Yeah, let's go with that one. There weren't many stories from the girls' points of view because mm-hmm. uh, they, they aren't important in this story. No. Um, no, why would they like, be? Yeah. They're not the victims. Yeah, the couple stories I did see, they were, I mean, it was rape. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's disgusting, and the boys in this movie are disgusting. Uh, and so I just have a problem with the disgusting boys in this movie. Right. It's upsetting. No, I'm it's with real, you. I'm with you. It's. I mean, and obviously, like, it's not a problem as in this shouldn't be in the movie, because it's, I mean, it's the plot of the movie. But, yeah. like, it is, and, and I, I have a question for you. About an interpretation of something. Right. Okay, so in the beginning, um, I almost called her Carrie. Rachel's friend Lisa, um, she's talking about how she lost her virginity the night before. And she seems yeah. just smitten with this boy. She won't tell her who it is. Yeah. And we see in, at, in the cafeteria scene where like the boy's supposed to meet them, we see Zachary Ty Bryan looking at her and he seems... I, I got the feeling he liked her, but yeah. then he changed his mind based on what his friends were saying. But yeah. I read like a lot of articles and reviews about this movie, and no one mentioned that. In fact, like I saw some where they were like, and he just saw her as a conquest. But that's not how I viewed it, and I wanted to see what you no, thought. No, I don't, I don't see that at all. I, he does give a look 
and he does sort of give a little, just like a little bit of a smile. I think he, he does. Because he's surprised. He's yeah. surprised when they call her a coyote. Yeah. Which this is pre-coyote ugly, so they had to explain that term to us. Nay. Um, the thing, one of the things I like about this, and what I love about Carrie, is like, that what coyote ugly means? Yeah. Oh shit! Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, the thing that I always loved about Carrie is that, and I. I've talked to other people about this. Not everyone takes the same things away from mm-hmm. it as I do, because a lot of people just think of it as a girl with telekinesis. Like, that's like, all they think about is prom. But like, it is a story about bullying. Yeah, of course it is. It is a story about, well, it's a story about the dangers of bullying. Yeah. Too. And I and I don't like that narrative of like, that people have of um like Columbine or something where they're like, well, these people wouldn't kill if they hadn't been bullied. That's bullshit. But Carrie was pushed... Like her, she was a miserable kid because she was so bullied and she was bullied for no good reason, except that she was kind of weird, which isn't her fault. That's her mother's fault. She was quote unquote different. Yeah. And so, um, and this movie is also like part of it is about peer pressure and -hmm. about toxic masculinity. Like Zachary Ty Bryan's character seems to me that he genuinely likes Lisa and I mm-hmm. think he was yeah. going to meet her for lunch. I think he was excited to meet her for lunch. And the second his friends start saying terrible yeah. things about her, he's like, oh. That's how I'm supposed to be feeling, right? Yeah, and that's and, and you see it with like like Jesse is very is a very interesting character because he is the one he's like Tommy and Carrie. It's like mm-hmm. he's a nice guy and he realizes, oh, my friends are dicks. Like he's been participating mm-hmm. in their shenanigans, although I noticed there were only like three names in his book, in his page. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is <laughs> made me feel a little better about him, especially since Tracy seemed like super into it. Uh, mm-hmm. So that seemed less creepy. But like he's somebody who seems like he's just kind of been going with the flow, and like he comes to his senses. And I I enjoy that kind of commentary. And I'm I'm annoyed that reviewers didn't seem to get that there was more going on with the Zachary Ty Bryan character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you say there was only three names in his book, but two of them got added in the duration of the movie. So he only had one, then it was Tracy, then it was Rachel. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's he's not like those other guys. Um, and what, but, while I'm talking about boys being my problem, let's talk about Roger Ebert yeah. for a second. Okay. So, I, look, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of reviews. Um, mm-hmm. There are times where I will go look at them. Um, especially if I'm afraid I'm getting my hopes up too much about a movie or if I think a movie looks really, really bad, but I'm starting mm-hmm. to hear rumble of good things. I personally do not think people should be remo- reviewing movies of genres they don't like. There's nothing no, worse than not. reading a review of like a romantic comedy from somebody who makes it clear they hate romantic comedies. They are not the person who should be reviewing that movie. That is no. not for them. And a movie like this, like with the subject matter and everything, like it's, the reviews kind of pissed me off because, and I understand, like, I mean, I had problems with it when I first saw it. Like, it's obviously, you're going to be comparing it to Carrie. And if you compare it to Carrie, it's going to be a bad movie. Oh, absolutely. But, like, looking at it on its own merit, it's a different story, I think. It is not. Yeah. Like, even if you don't like it, I would like to think if you take the whole Carrie comparison out of the situation, that mm-hmm. it does change things. 
Well, definitely, I liked it more now than I did the first time. I liked it better this time. Well, and looking at the reviews that I saw on Rotten Tomatoes, it seemed to me that most of the good reviews were reviews that were either written in the 2000s or 2010s, like years after the movie came out, Mm -hmm. um, or they were written by gay men and women. Um, All right. Your your standard reviewer is a straight white male. Mm Mm-hmm. That's and true. so if you're watching a movie like this that is about this subject matter and that is made by a woman, the reviews are going to be not so favorable. Mm-hmm. And Roger Ebert, when I read his reviews, which I have been doing for our podcast some, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't get what the big deal is about this guy. Um, I don't see what's <laughs> so great about him. And one thing that really pissed me off about his review is he was talking about how this movie had some utterly pointless scenes. One of the scenes he cited was the scene where her dog gets hit. He's like, that is a completely pointless scene. And then in parentheses, he's like, well, then there is a meet cute. And it's like, then it's not pointless. Like, the whole thing is that she ends up spending time with Jesse. They spend the evening together and get to know each other a little better. There was a point to that scene. It existed for a reason. I've read some of his reviews. And I'm like, you, I don't really get the hype. Mm -hmm. Because... There's some things he's written that are that are quite clever, mm-hmm. but there's other things like if he doesn't like a movie, then he doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. um, James Gunn's um, Super, mm-hmm. he didn't like that movie at all, and so much that he spoiled a big twist in that movie <sighs> in his first paragraph. Oh, that's awful! Because he didn't like it. When you read his reviews, you can tell when he has decided he's not going to like the movie before he even sees it. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of those. So anyway, I'm lumping him in with my problems <laughs> with boys because right. I just don't think he was that great. So when I finally, when we get to a milestone, this is episode 30, but when we get to like 50, mm-hmm. I'm going to do a blog post where I write down all the um, positives and negatives of each movie from each of us, mm-hmm. right? And so this one I'm going to have to put boys and then in brackets and Roger Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, what was your first problem? Well, my first problem is Mark is supposed to be a dick. So I'm not going to pick Mark because he's the point of, you know, he's he's supposed to be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to pick his actor or the casting person because the actor looks so much older than a high schooler. He looks <laughs> he looks like he's 30. It threw me off a bit. And the actor was 27. Mm-hmm. And he looks it. He looks older. Yeah, he and Jason London is the same age, but and and Jason London looks older too, but like he doesn't look as old as this guy. And I'll tell you what, when I first saw Mark, I thought it was Johnny Drama from uh Entourage. Yeah. Like I when I <laughs> yeah. looked him up, I could not be convinced it wasn't him. Once I saw him from different angles and stuff, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. but I really thought it was Johnny Drama. I can't remember the actor's name. I thought it was Johnny Drama at first. Yeah, because I mean, I know that casting older people's teens as the thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, unless it's my father the hero. <laughs> but, you know, at least shave his beard. <laughs> shave the beard thing off. You don't need that. And then when they shaved his head, they all shaved their head apart from Jesse. He looks much older as well. It's yeah. like, you, 
it's, it was off-putting to me. He did not look 17 to me. Well, and almost all the teens in this movie were, like, mid to late 20s. So Zachary Tom yeah. Ryan looks like a baby because he was, like, 18. Yeah. And that's Eddie K. Thomas was younger as well, was he not? I think so. And you know what? I miss Eddie K. Thomas. I mean, he's still working. He just does things I don't watch. Yeah, he was in Scorpion. He was yeah, a, I totally forgot one of the main that. characters. Yeah, I saw a couple episodes yeah. of that. It was okay. Um, yeah. But I, I really, I always really enjoyed him and his energy. Mm-hmm. And I'd kind of forgotten about him. Uh, yeah. But the, here's the other problem with casting older people as teens. Mm-hmm. So Sue Snell is very upset mm-hmm. and like about what's going on in the school. And the deputy is like, uh, like the sheriff guy is like, you, are you sure you're not tr- still trying to save a girl from 20 years ago in the original Carrie? And it was 23 years if we're going to be specific, but they, you yeah. know, they cast much like this older kids, like John Travolta looks old in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm sitting there and I'm kind of doing the math and I'm like, okay, so Sue Snell should be around my age, maybe a couple years older. She does not look like she's around my age or a couple years older. Like she is clearly yeah. older. Yeah, <laughs> but also twenty three years ago from from when this movie was made, the guy who's playing Mark was a child when the original Carrie. Oh was my released. god, he was like four years old when it came out. <laughs> oh, that they sh- the rule should be don't cast anyone who was alive when it came out, except except Emily Burgle, because I actually think she's really good in this movie. <laughs> no, she's really good, but I think she was she's younger than the. the she was the born the in seventy five. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. So she was just a baby when Carrie was released. Um. So yeah. No. I mean, it's fine. I don't mind the casting older people as mm-hmm. teenagers thing. I don't mind it. But if you want us to believe that they're teenagers. Have them look like teenagers. Don't yeah. have them look like they were held back a decade. Yeah. See, the, the guy who played the coach looks the same age as him. He does, he does. And he was older. Um, and that guy who plays the coach um, was actually the son of President Gerald Ford. Huh. Yeah. Didn't know that. And obviously, you know, First Lady Betty Ford. Yeah, that was her son. He was an, he's an actor. Can I tell you something interesting about one of the actresses? Yeah. So Tracy, mm-hmm. big old bitch in this movie, uh, played by a woman named Charlotte Ayana. I think mm-hmm. that's how you say her last name. So I was looking her up because I was like, what have I seen her in? And it, I, I recently watched Kate and Leopold and she was in that. And right. um, the big thing was she was Liz Purr in a Jawbreaker. She's All the girl right, who, okay. who gets killed in Jawbreaker. I'm looking at her page and I'm reading about her. And, you know, and this was extra interesting to me. Like, this is this is something that you could put in the IMDb trivia, but it would be maybe not so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that Rachel is a foster kid. And Tracy, the, the chick who played Tracy, she was a foster kid. She was right. in and out of foster homes um, throughout her youth. And when she was like 16 or 17, her foster mother, I guess, like dared her to to enter a beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. And she went in wearing like a $35 dress and she won. She she ended up being Miss Teen USA. Right. And then I guess later she became like an advocate for like foster kids or something. Mm-hmm. That's good. But like her whole story was really interesting to yeah. me. And I need to look into her and see if I can find out more because it was like when you look into actors. Mm-hmm like successful or at least working actors a lot of the like 
a lot of the time you'll you'll see connections there, right? Like yeah. you'll see how they that you'll think that maybe they're scrappy or something. Um, like even from interviews, you'll be like, you know, you think, oh, they worked their way up, and then it turns out they have like their godfather is like Francis Ford Coppola or something. You know what I mean? Like it'll it'll turn out they have some connection. It's like you see, you know, Dakota Johnson, and you're like, oh, she's a fun actress, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, well, she's Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson's daughter. Like, yeah. there's always these connections. Um, the like every actress from Girls has some sort of yeah, at least semi-famous relative, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was the weird, random thing where it's like, no, this was like a foster kid who just happened to, like, do well in a beauty pageant. Yeah. It's one of the the rare scrappy stories I see. Anyway, I thought she was interesting. No, that's okay. And, uh, that's good. And she was good fact. in the movie because I fucking hated her. Yeah. Those girls, they did a good job of making me hate them. Because, like, I hate Chris Harginson and Carrie. Mm-hmm. I, I hated them almost as much as I hated her. Right. What One thing that made me mad is, you know, I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes, I'm looking at the reviews, and unfortunately, I mean, because this movie came out, you know, 20 years ago, uh, 20, 21 years ago, is that right? No, tw- 22, 22 year. years ago. I don't know how to do math. 22 years ago. Um, and so a lot of those reviews, the links were broken, mm-hmm. and I saw one where god i wish i'd written it down or kept the page open on my computer um the reviewer said something about the movie having good tna and i'm like i don't understand what he's talking about like one of the things i look for when i'm watching a movie directed by a woman is i'm looking to see how like women are shot mm-hmm. and how they're dressed there wasn't tna in this movie no there's no boobs in this movie at all like the 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 girls are pretty well covered up yeah there's more like the first, the opening two minutes of the original movie is all the TNA you need. Um, yes. That shower yeah. scene, and that's you know that's yeah. good that they actually cast older actresses for that. So you know oh, that's I fine. Just, I really wanted to read that guy's review because I'm like, what is wrong with this person? Mm-hmm. And like, how, I wanted to see if he explained what he meant by that. Yeah, because I noticed this is one of those movies where the teen girls were dressed like teen girls mm-hmm. because I was in high school at this time. And I hated watching movies where you see girls wearing, like, super revealing clothes. Like, I mean, I'm sure you've heard about, like, what dress codes are like in America and how they're, like, focused on the girls. Mm -hmm. Girls can't get away with dressing the way they do in real life at school, the Mm -hmm. way they do on TV and movies. And this is one where I'm watching and I'm like, no, this is correct. This is done well. This mm-hmm. is how teen girls actually yeah. dressed. Unless they meant like TNA as in teenage girls and assholes. Maybe that's what he meant. I don't think he did. Because <laughs> I think I saw the word sexual there. Really? I don't... There's nothing sexy in this movie. No, there's not. Even even the sex scene between the two leads isn't sexy. It's there. It's, you know, it's passionate. They're being, yeah. you know, they really like each other. Well, and when they show the sex scene, like when they really show us the sex, mm-hmm. um, it's a if you're turned on by that while with while they're also doing what they're doing to Rachel in that scene, yeah. there is something severely disturbed about yeah. you. Well, there's the A. We saw a butt in that scene, so there's the A, but I don't know where the T is in the movie. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway. So I've been very, very chatty, so I will keep my second problem very short. Okay. Uh to make up for it. My second problem is makeup. Um, So Rachel is getting ready for her date and she is shopping for some makeup. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, I'm, I actually, in that scene, I noted that her makeup was very well done, that she looked very good and that, like, I was impressed with how well Rachel does her makeup mm-hmm. because, she, because I just thought it looked really good. So then we see a scene where she's struggling to put on makeup and it's like she doesn't know what she's doing. And yeah. I'm like, well, the makeup department should have done a better job of making her look like she's not wearing makeup yeah. in other scenes. I hate that. I hate it when an actress is clearly like, obviously, they're going to be wearing makeup because it's a movie, but they can mm-hmm. do it to make it them like Julia Stiles in 10 Things I Hate About You does not look like she's wearing makeup. No, in most true. of the movie. Mm-hmm. She looks barefaced. Rachel especially in the scene at the department store does not look barefaced. She is someone who clearly knows how to do makeup. So I just like, didn't buy it mm-hmm. <laughs> that she was having these problems. And I hate that that happens in movies a lot. And I just wish that they would folk. Like, I know they want everyone to look cute and sexy in teen movies and stuff, but like make it look like someone actually doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. Cause Rachel's not supposed to be cute and sexy. No, although I do like that she's not like Carrie. I like that they didn't copy it, that like Carrie was so meek Mm -hmm. and she was mousy Mm -hmm. and it's like she didn't care about her appearance or I guess she couldn't like her mother would never let her care about her appearance. No, that's true. But like Rachel, she has a style. She seems very she seems pretty comfortable in her own body. Yeah, she does. Like she she's not meek at all. Um, I, I really, really like this character. I mm-hmm. like how different she is. And it, it works for me way better than the remake or the second remake of Carrie. Oh, that. Because Chloe Grace Moretz is a very capable wo- young woman. Mm-hmm. She, I do not buy her as meek. No. I, she's a very good actress, but it is impossible for me. Like she just can't pull that off. And Dylan and I have thought about this many, many times Mm -hmm. because he likes that that carry is different because it's different interpretation. I'm so close to the source material. It's not, I mean, it's not right. See, if you look at the, the, the remake, the other remake, um, Mm -hmm. the, the, um, Julianne Moore one, it's a different interpretation, but it's not, it's not really because, why are they picking on her? Mm-hmm. Because she looks as though she belongs with them. Yeah. She doesn't look... I mean, she's pretty and, you know, she doesn't look any different to the girls that are bullying her because mm-hmm. she looks different. It makes no sense to me at all. She's totally miscast. Casting. Yeah. And, and the actress is very... And she's good in the movie, but it's not what I want it to be. Yeah. Like, I would never want to seem like I'm, like, saying she's awful because it's, it's fine. It's just she shouldn't have been cast in that role. Yeah. I just remember seeing the original teaser trailer for it. Mm -hmm. And it's like this shot like from overhead and you see like, it's like panning down a street Mm -hmm. and everything's burning. And then it cuts to her. And I was so pumped because my problem with the original movie is she just kills the people at prom and then she goes and kills her mom, but she destroys the town. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Mm -hmm. One thing I do like about this being a sequel is that, um, like the stuff that Sue Snell talks about where she talks about like it being a recessive gene and stuff. Mm-hmm. The book has excerpts from other fictional books throughout the book. Right. Um, including books about telekinesis. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they meant it as a nod to the book or if they were just like, she, we need exposition for why this would be Carrie's half sister. 
I liked that because it's like it kind of goes along with the book to me, like that she read all these same books mm-hmm. and that yeah. she's made herself an expert. on. I basically I think I want a Sue Snell movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, the TV movie mm-hmm. that was made in the what early 2000s or something, wasn't it? Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was because Emily Daravin's in it. So, yeah. Um, so that is closer to the book. She destroys the town yes. in that one. The main things they change, besides just the ending where she lives, because they thought they might make a TV show out yeah. of it. Um, the, the main things they changed, because they changed, the, I don't remember a lot about it, but I remember they changed the bathroom scene. But the things they changed were, um, the, Things that the original movie did adapt correctly, and you could tell they did it just so there wouldn't be comparisons to the yeah. original, movie. like so that they wouldn't be copying. And so it was it was interesting to watch a movie where it's like the main changes they made were just so they don't look like the original movie. Yeah, and I I thought that was interesting. I actually, I mean, the acting wasn't as good in that movie, no. but it was like The Shining, like that. It's not as a film, it's not better. No, but as an adaptation, it is. Yeah. Well, I think we should bring back. Drop the pilot and do that carry um, movie, TV movie is an episode to drop mm-hmm. the pilot one day. I would do that. That's the only way I would watch it again. Yeah. And I'd like to watch it again. I just know I'm never going to sit down and do exactly. it. Exactly. So I think we should because it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. What's your second problem? Uh, the scene where the dog gets hit by the car, by the truck. <laughs> um, and not because... I'm not like Roger Ebert, because I know that it meant something, right? Mm-hmm. But two things really bother me about that scene. One is they have the absolute fucking audacity to show us the dog under the wheels. Yeah. That I hated that. And then two, the truck driver just fucks off. He just drives away. He doesn't come out the mm-hmm. truck or anything and say, is your dog all right? He, he's, mm-hmm. he just disappears. So I don't like that scene. That, I hate, just hate the, the, the dog going under the wheels. I mean, I understand it's, those two have to meet, you know, he's, it's good that he helps her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Might have done it another way that poor Walter didn't have to get. <laughs> but, you know, at least Walter lives. At least the dog lives. Yeah. So that's good. So that's my second problem. What's your third? My third problem is very uh, complicated. Oh, okay. I was strapping for Or no. No, it's not. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. No, because, well, it depends on how I, like, I don't know. I'm confusing my third problems. Right, okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with the, the very, very ending. I don't like the fantasy of, like, you know, he's in his dorm room and Rachel shows up, but then she turns to stone. I'm not a fan of that. And I know they did it because of Carrie. Because the last scene in Carrie, it's Sue Snell goes to visit her grave mm. and her hand pops out. And then it turns out Sue Snell was having a nightmare. Mm. And they're just trying to get another jump scare in there, right? Because it's a horror film. Although I think of these as more thriller than horror to me. Mm. I guess when I think of horror, I think more like... That I'm scared throughout, and I'm not personally scared throughout these movies. You know what I mean? I still class them as horror. You know, if you're not scared by the movie, that's just you not being scared by the movie. But it's still, it's still a horror movie. I guess it feels different to me from like, like people watch Friday Thirteenth and they get scared, right? I don't get scared. I think that movie's stupid. Yeah, but like, I still think of it as a horror movie. It's just, I understand this is the genre of horror, but in my head, Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't think of that first because I'm just like, I am not scared of Carrie or Rachel. I am not at any point frightened. 
And I feel like there should at least be the possibility. Like, I just can't imagine a world where you're like actively scared throughout them. But I don't know. Um, anyway, but the, the thing is like, you know, this is, I'm assuming here because of the original movie. And what's interesting to me about this being a sequel and about, uh, Sue saying she spent time in Arkham, <laughs> which. Yeah. Arkham. I know. Whatever. That actually, even though I don't like the ending of this movie, that part of it makes me have less of a problem with the ending in Carrie. Right. <laughs> because now it's like, oh, Sue Snell had like trauma that yeah. she dealt with. Like it actually adds a different level to that. So it's kind of funny because one of my problems with this movie is the ending. But then this movie also fixes one of my main problems with the original, which is the same kind of ending. Yeah. That had an original ending. And the original ending was it was basically the same Instead of her shattering, a snake came out her mouth and into his mouth. Oh. That's the original ending. Okay. And then, um, but I don't even know if he wakes up. I'm assuming he does wake up. Um, yeah. Or it just ended there. Because the deleted scene in the Blu-ray didn't show you him waking up. It just showed you how they did the special effects, the visual effects for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I thought what I was going to say was going to be more complicated is because I was also... I'm a little conflicted about the mm-hmm. carry of it all. Because I think this movie is better if you're not thinking of it as a sequel mm-hmm. to Carrie. And I think they do way too many flashbacks. That's too to much. We don't need those. We also don't need the flashback to Lisa when she's looking yeah, at the book at the end. We we know what she's thinking when she looks at it. But then I the re- one of the reasons I wanted to find out about more about the original script of this is because that really affects whether or not I have a problem with the fact that this is a sequel. Because if we assume that this movie is mostly like carry stuff aside, that this is what the script was, that somebody had written a script about, you know, these guys and a girl with telekinesis, you wouldn't be able to watch this movie without thinking, well, this is like Carrie. Mm -hmm. So I don't, if, if, if this does stick close to the original script, I don't think there's a good answer. No, but also when they're doing the, the bad thing of showing the sex, them having sex and the big screens and all that, Mm-hmm. And Rachel's going, you know, going all, everyone's going black and white and she's about to lose her shit. Mm-hmm. Why do we hear Carrie's mum saying they're all going to laugh at you? Oh, I forgot that was going to be one of my problems. I was going to mark out makeup and, oh, I didn't like that. I did not like That's that. That's just too much of, remember, this is a Carrie sequel. Listen, she didn't know her. This, <laughs> this movie needs to be lighter on the carry mm-hmm. stuff it does some sequels are you know it'll be something like the hangover movies right where we're with the same characters every movie they're getting into similar shenanigans um and then there's some where it's a light sequel this is a light sequel i don't need you to push very much all i need is sue snell a couple flashbacks i think we mm-hmm. need a couple flashbacks maybe we don't need that many flashbacks we don't need they're all gonna laugh at you no, that was pointless. And especially because that is something that was in Carrie's head. That's not something that people were hearing. No. At the prom or anything. No. That plus the way it's it's um edited, it sounds like it's part of the song. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Which is really weird. It's strange. I mean, even if that even if they're saying oh it's not in Rachel's head, it's actually part of the song, it's like fucking weird song. Yeah, that that was really bad. The the, the but I, I honestly, I think they made the right decision with making it a Carrie sequel. Right. Yeah. I just think they should have, they should have toned it down. They should have. They shouldn't have went too hard on the Carrie stuff. This actually takes me into my final problem. Okay. Um, 
they went too hard in the carry stuff, but then they, they kill off Sue Snell like that. Yeah. Yeah. Killing Sue Snell, pointless. It, it was pointless. Not only Sue Snell being in it was pointless <laughs> because they kill her off that quickly. But also, mm-hmm. her going to get Rachel's mum was pointless. Well, I I don't think it was pointless, but I don't think it was super well done. Well, like I understand that she wants Rachel to believe her that no. she is that she is related to Carrie White. Yeah, there's a deleted scene where Rachel goes to visit her mum mm-hmm. in the in the mental institution, and it shouldn't have been cut out because she goes and visits her mum. Her mum seems nice and open to her and they hug and stuff and her mum says you'll be 18 mm-hmm. next year and you can be my legal guardian and I think that scene should have been kept in because it lends a lot more to the to the story like for the end where the mum goes to her and says you're not my daughter if we had that scene of those two together because mm-hmm. we don't see them together until and you yeah. know apart from the scene where She's a little child. Yeah. And she gets slapped in the face with a red paintbrush. They had to get that red paint in there. Yeah, I know. But see, see when the, that gets, that happens to the little girl, you can see she's trying not to laugh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, apparently all the red paint and stuff, that's her trying to get rid of the devil. Because she thinks the devil is the one that's given, um, Rachel her powers. And Kat mm-hmm. Shea said that she added that. She added the religious stuff in it. Mm-hmm. As a nod to the original movie, that religious stuff wasn't there. Okay. Um, in the original script. So yeah, so that just that just annoyed me. Just Sue Snell just getting wiped out just like that. She runs up to the door and gets a harpoon through the head. That's it. It would have been better it if it was just she got to her too late. She didn't need to get killed. No. And I, I one of the reviews I read, it was really interesting. They were talking about how Sue Snell has a good heart. Mm-hmm. And she means well, but anytime she tries to help, it's a disaster. Yeah. She wanted to make up for how, for her part in treating Carrie so horribly. So she gets her boyfriend to ask her to prom. Mm-hmm. If she hadn't interfered like that, none of that would have happened. Yeah, true. That would not have happened. And then in this movie, it's like, she's pushing. She's yeah. pushing Rachel, right? And like, she does not help the situation. Um, she means so well. She does nothing, really. I mean, she doesn't help the situation, but she also doesn't help. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, this movie, I feel like they could have done, I feel like Sue Snell should have had a different ending. Like, have her trapped outside or something while the mum's inside, you know? She doesn't have to be yeah. dead and hanging on the door. And I don't know how to feel about the stuff with the mom because it's like, first of all, I don't think they make it super clear that she thinks her daughter's possessed by the no, devil. They don't. Um, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And um, I think when I was younger, I would have interpreted it as they are being lazy because they're making her mom just like Carrie's mom. Yeah. But then now that I'm older, I'm like, well, the guy had a type. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that he, he might have even preyed on vulnerable these kinds of women. Yeah. yeah because in the, it, but I'm also, I also have the knowledge of the book, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I know about him from the book and it's, it's, I, I know that a lot of things that I like, or at least explain off with this movie, I know that I'm just coming in with knowledge where it's like your average viewer isn't going to know all this, mm-hmm. even if they read the book. They haven't read it half a dozen times like me, so they might not have it memorized. Yeah. God, I love this book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So I don't know what that says about me. I don't I don't like that they kill Sue Snell yeah. at all. I think I might have cried when I first saw this movie. Yeah. I love Sue Snell. That was pointless. It it hurts. And mm. Amy Irving is such a great actress. I don't know. I feel like she gives off a kind of like warmth. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it might be, I'm also thinking about Alias, because her character on Alias was just, like, this, like, kind, like, almost saintly woman. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but Amy Irving, like, she, I just find her really likable. hmm And, uh, that makes it hurt even more. <laughs> yeah. What's your, uh, positive? My positive is I really, I think this is a good movie. I think, like, if, if you take Carrie away from mm-hmm. it, well, I don't, I, I don't think it's a great film, right? So, I'm not saying so that. your positive is the movie. The the one thing we said that the positive's not no, allowed no, to be. Is, look, look, this is a little different. <laughs> okay, this all is right. a little different. Okay. This is a movie that I think would have I don't think it ever would have gotten amazing reviews. No. I understand that. I don't think it was given a fair shot because it is a, a Carrie mm-hmm. sequel and Carrie is a beloved Oscar nominated film mm-hmm. and made by a, a respected director. And it was never going to get a fair shot. And I think, and and I didn't give it a fair shot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Even though I liked it, I didn't give it a fair shot. I don't think I did either. I'm watching it today and I'm like, I think there's interesting messages here. It's touching on some stuff that we weren't really seeing in, we weren't seeing in theatrical movies at this time. Mm-hmm. This is the kind, you take the telekinesis away and this is just like a made for TV movie. Yeah. Right? Because like the subject matter, this is the kind of thing you would see yeah. on like NBC on a Sunday night. Uh, and I know because I watched a lot of those movies. Mm-hmm. I think the acting in it is pretty good. Jason London is a very, very likable actor. Mm-hmm. Like in Dazed and Confused in this movie that once again has a lot of guys who seem like dicks. Like Jason Pink, Randy Pink Floyd, he is he's likable. Like, Jason London's just a likable guy, so watching him and Emily Burgle, who's also good, and I think it's great they got an unknown, but she's a stage actress, so, like... Yeah, this is her first movie. Yeah, like, I really, really buy these two together. This movie, I think there's just a lot about it that's really good. They have good chemistry. And they did, and and she's on Gilmore Girls a little, and she's so mean on that. (laughs) Uh, So mean. Uh, She's a good actress, Um. And I and I sometimes I wonder if she didn't have an even bigger career because of this movie. Right. Um. I just like so my whole thing of saying like that I think the movie is good. It's not the normal. This movie is good. It's like that. There's a lot working against. Right. It. Yeah. Okay. I get you. <laughs> it's better than it deserves to be. I went in thinking, oh man, I'm gonna have so many problems, mm-hmm. and I struggled. This is a movie that I just I enjoy. I like watching. it better now than I did in the past. I think I appreciate it more now. Um, there's yeah. things in it I fucking hate. There's like some editing choices and stuff I really can't stand because mm-hmm. it's very 1999. Yeah, I didn't hate it. So, yay me. Well, and it has, they're t- they're touching on things that like, I mean, when I watched it the first time, I wasn't thinking about like the way that teen boys are encouraged to treat yeah. women. And then the way the the women get blamed for that behavior. There's It's kind of like when you watch Bring It On. And it's like, oh, this is a movie about a, about cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like these movies, <laughs> sometimes there were actually other. There was more going on than yeah. I really appreciated. What's your positive? Well, it's the final act <laughs> um, <laughs> at the party because it's badass. Um, <laughs> it is. I, I didn't like the they're all going to laugh at you, but then once she starts yeah. to go crazy, 
and some of the, like, mm-hmm. the camera angles, but it's like sort of um, a Dutch angle, and then she's standing there in the fire behind her, and the camera's just like panning mm-hmm. by her. It's, it's fucking good. <laughs> and I like the tattoo thing. I think I hated it yeah. when I was younger, but I actually I like really it. like it this time. It's yeah, cool. no, I like it. Um, and the the fact that we see all these horrible people get murdered, <laughs> um, like the gla- the glasses bit is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only reason she's wearing glasses. That entire movie is so you know, that can happen. My other it's positive was brilliant. almost that I like that there's a mean girl who wears glasses because you yeah. don't see that. You don't see that in movies. A mean girl wearing glasses. You don't see that. But yeah, and then she shoots shoots the junk off of the home improvement kid <laughs> and it goes into the water that is so gross but it's so good because there's like so many creative deaths yeah because like she dies because she's wearing glasses and she's worn <laughs> glasses in the entire movie he dies because his dick got him in trouble <laughs> and then his dick gets shot off yeah um and mark dies in the pool because he's drowning in toxic masculinity <laughs> well and he he's someone he needs to suffer more right like a lot of these deaths were probably very painful but they were immediate yeah and i hated him so he deserved that. i would like to have seen him maybe like lose a limb or something first but yeah <laughs> i'm just mad tracy wasn't there but she gets flattened i would like to have seen tracy get you know Something a little bit more than that as well, but yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I will say one of my problems was almost the fact that like when they're lying there after having sex that he says, I love Mm -hmm. you. I'm like, you don't know her that well. But then it works really well when she's like, you know, she's ready to kill him. Yeah. Because she thinks he's in on this. And then she sees that. And it's such a great moment because Carrie didn't get that. No, no, no. Carrie, Carrie didn't get to know what's that Sue Snell and that Tommy, like, they genuinely liked her. Yeah. And they they weren't, that wasn't their fault. Yeah. They weren't setting her up for anything. And it's nice to see Rachel gets this moment where she's like, oh. Someone did like me. One thing that's always annoyed me about the original Carrie and all the three iterations of it thus far is that um, Tommy dies by getting a bucket on his head. Yeah. That always annoys me. But at least here, (laughs) everyone who dies gets a really vicious, horrible, nasty death, and that's good. Yeah. There was another deleted scene I watched last night where um, Rachel and Jesse have another date. They go bowling. Okay. Um, and then after that, they go and have, like, they go to a diner, and then they sit and eat, and then they mm-hmm. talk about his father and stuff like that. Um, his father wanted to be an author, but he became a car salesman instead, and how he wants to be something, and he doesn't want to just be, you know, a car salesman. And I think that stuff should have been kept in as well. Yeah. Because you can see that Rachel is actually like feeling something for him in that moment because he's been vulnerable with her. Mm-hmm. So they should have kept that in. And yeah. then um, the I love you part at the end would make more sense, I think. Because, mm-hmm. well, him saying I love you after sex would make more sense because, you know, they've, they've been given more time together. Uh, and, but yeah, it's it's... It's amazing, that last scene. I just love that last act. It's fantastic. <laughs> Even some bad reviews I read linked to the YouTube video yeah. of the last scene. Like, the consensus seemed to be, well, yeah. that was awesome. You know what I just realized? Well, Jesse is who we are supposed to think Jake Ryan is. Right. Like, like if you are a teenager in 
what is it, 84? And you're watching 16 Candles. Mm -hmm. The way I feel about Jesse watching this, that's how people felt about Jake Ryan. Right. But this is so much better done. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like the realizing who he's surrounded by, who he's spending time with, and he sees this girl and he's like, I like this girl. But like, Jesse goes for it Mm -hmm. and he's nice. And he tells his friends, like, or, you know, he's, and I just love that he didn't shave his, those guys. I know. Shaving their heads. They'll shave their heads apart from Jesse. He just walks out. He's like, fuck off. Walks out. Man, I, I, I didn't look him up, but I'm just like, what, what's Jason London b- been doing? Because I forgot. I really, really like him. Yeah. Anyway, Jesse, I think they did a much better job making Jesse that guy than yeah. John Hughes did mm-hmm. with Jake Ryan. I forgot to say at the start. We're doing we're doing a sequels month, so every every episode is going to be a sequel to a movie that we haven't covered because we decided we're going to do sequels as well mm-hmm. um, to movies we haven't covered because sometimes sequels are worse than originals, so it makes sense. So um, Jen's hearing this for the first time. The next movie we're going to be covering is Indiana Jones and the uh, Temple of Doom. <sighs> <laughs> That's going to be rough. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to make Dylan watch it with me because if I sit there watching it by myself, I'm going to zone out. Right. Um, he did not enjoy watching The one time I've seen it, he didn't enjoy watching it with me because yeah. he grew up loving the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. And I sat there complaining the entire... And I like the other Indiana Jones movies. Oh, no. I, 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 I love I, Raiders and Last Crusade, yeah. I don't understand... How people can get so upset about the fourth movie when, when this one exists? Yeah, and I know we can talk about that later, but I have feelings. Yes. So, um, Temple of Doom from nineteen eighty four, another eighty four movie, I think, because Raiders was eighty one, and this is three years later. Technically, it's a prequel because it's set before Raiders, but. It's a sequel because it released after Raiders. So we're doing mm-hmm. sequel month here. At, so what's the problem? Or is it a prequel? It's a prequel. But it's still a sequel because it was released after. Maybe we're just watching equals. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we're just watching equals. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what's next. Um, at Drop the Pilot Pod is the Twitter handle. Um, Shit. Uh, uk is the website. Contact at shiftedbench.co.uk is the um, email address. Send us some feedback. Uh, where can people find you on the net, Jen? Uh, I tweet from at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Um, and I also have a podcast called Pilot Inspectors, which our Mighty Ducks episode should be dropping any day now. Uh, we didn't record it until last night because <laughs> uh, Dylan was sick. But it's right. our, it's our, the way we're going, it's our yearly episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's and it's then an I annual, also, an annual release. Yeah, yeah. And then mm. I also have my Party of Five rewatch podcast called Closer to Free. Oh, okay. And okay. Uh, now's the time to listen to that because we're getting to like the biggest episode of the show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Big intervention episode. All right. Okay. What season are you on? <laughs> Three. We've been on three for two years. That's how little we record. <laughs> that is, I, I, yeah, because I've listened to, I think I've listened mm-hmm. to the first episode of the, the season we, three one. We should have been done by now. Yeah. With the entire show. it. But, you know, part of the problem was it stopped streaming mm-hmm. for free anywhere. Mm-hmm. 
And it's really hard to be motivated when you know there's not a lot of people out there who are going to have access to it. Because when people listen to rewatch podcasts, a lot of the times it's, oh, I'm rewatching this thing on Netflix. I want to find something. For those who don't know, I have a fringe rewatch podcast. Um, And sort of finding that out that it's available on DVD, it's available on Blu-ray. But in mm-hmm. the UK, you can only really watch it on um, Stars Play, which is a, mm-hmm. a channel subscription that you get with on Amazon Prime. Uh, or you can watch it on Sky or Now TV. So it's not on Netflix. Um, so it's not the easiest one for people to find. But um, we're doing it mm-hmm. anyway. Um, Man, I, so I, I just looked it up just to see if it's anywhere, mm-hmm. um, if Party 5 is anywhere. The first two seasons are on Tubi. All right. And seasons three and four are on Pluto TV. All right. And then five and six aren't anywhere. Right. But that's... Why? I don't know. They're both... I mean, they're free with adverts, but... Yeah. That's just weird. That is strange. They need to all be... I don't... And they changed the music. Like, I know it can't be music rights. Right? Like, I don't understand... It's changed like Dawson's did, yeah. I don't understand why it's not streaming anyway we thought they took because they took it away a couple months before the the remake Mm -hmm. came out so we thought they were gonna maybe release that on like the free form app or something Mm -hmm. but it it never got released anywhere okay so um yeah that's all we have time for thank you all for listening uh we'll speak till next time goodbye bye